Before I uh, launch this missile, I wanted to acknowledge uh, Tammy and Robert. She's going to kill me. Uh, Tammy, can you wave for us? Oh, she's going to do it. Okay. Uh, so uh, right before Mass, I, I, my heart's just full. Um, I worked with Tammy for six years in my last parish assignment. I always told people, I'm the priest, but she runs it. Uh, and uh, her presence with me uh, for six years, we covered three parishes, and um, such a blessing. I, I really thank the Lord for her, and I, I think maybe it's a good time for us to thank the Lord for all the lay people who work in the church. Uh, I can't tell you how much they take um, from others, in a sense, how much falls on them and how gracefully uh, they carry it. Uh, to help us priests be priests, not CEOs or, or uh, uh, try to do things we, we aren't called to or good at. Um, and lay people who work in the church are, are such a blessing. Um, so anyway, I thank the Lord for Tammy and Robert and, and for all those uh, who serve the church uh, as laity. I know they're in it for the money, but gosh darn it, it's hard, you know. So. Yeah, amen. Uh, so our homily today is a topic that doesn't get covered in a lot of books. It's really interesting. Uh, I actually spend some time on Google on this topic, so I basically am an expert. Uh, but if you look at books about Christian leadership, and oh my sweet Lord, there's a million of them. A million. And as a priest, I know we change about every 10 years. All of a sudden, there will be a new kind of fad uh, and tons of books uh, written about how a priest should be or how a parish should function. Uh, the newest one is to look at how secular businesses run, you know, sprinkle some holy water on that and go. Uh, but you know what's funny? It was about 200 years ago, as far as I can tell, they stopped mentioning something in these books on Christian leadership, whether it's Protestant or Catholic. And you know what that word is? Any guesses? Humility. Isn't that something? I, I've been given more books on how to be a leader than I, I even knew could be written. None of them mention humility. And in case you didn't pick up, it seems awful important to God. Um, humility is the number one trait we have to embrace. Uh, and thank God it's me talking to you about it. I'm so humble. Wow. Uh, but all kidding aside, uh, we're going to talk about humility because it's super important. And again, nobody not named Jesus appears to be selling books on this topic. So what does it mean to be humble? Well, the word itself comes to us, uh, you just keep taking it back, and in the end it means of the dirt, from the dirt. And I think an important thing for us then is to look at how do we be humble, that it's tough because uh, when I was younger, I know I thought it was humble when you downed yourself, yeah? Uh, when you uh, put yourself down, that was humble. But 
that's not humility. You can do that without Jesus, trust me, yeah? And if you can do it without Jesus, it's probably not essential. To be humble doesn't mean you find yourself unimportant. In fact, I'd suggest to us that there's three things we need, and if we live these three truths, we will be humble. Not humble enough, to be clear. We'll never be humble enough until the kingdom of heaven. But the first thing a humble person knows is who God is. And not in his entirety, because we can't pull that off. But God is humility. And so when we look at God, there's a ton of things we can think about, but I'm going to focus on one because it's going to help me with my next point. Yeah? Who is God? God is love. God is peace. God is strength. God is goodness. It's so powerful to think of this. God is not loving. God is love. When you and I talk about love, we're supposed to be talking about God. And the more our use of the word love looks like God, the more accurate it is. But one of the things I'd love to, for us to look at is God and time. Okay? And when we talk about time, you and I uh, live in linear time. Meaning that for you and I, time just moves right on forward. All you and I have is forward motion. We cannot jump into the future. We cannot go back to the past. We don't even really have a now. We use the word now, but when is it? We just move forward. A great way to think of it. You and I experience time like a scroll that unfolds. That's how you and I experience time. Now for God, he experiences time like the top of that altar. All of time is available to him at any moment. In nonlinear time, and stick with me, this will matter in a minute. In nonlinear time where God lives, this, Jesus on the cross, is happening right now. It's how we're forgiven by it. In this non-linear time, God is at the Last Supper. That's how we can participate in it in just a few moments. That is an awe-inspiring thing to think of. And if I was doing a lecture instead of a homily, I would really try to take an hour, truly, to walk you through how something like God outside of time has to exist. But we don't have time for that, which is ironic, and I just realized that. <laughs> no kidding, I gave this at a date and I didn't realize it because I don't think I had enough coffee. Uh, God is above time. Time belongs to God. Now again, there is a million things about God we could talk about and we would never exhaust it. But we're going to hit that. When I say a humble person starts by knowing God, one of the things they know is he is master of time. He is above it all. God is at every single moment that has ever existed or will ever exist. Boom, right? That just melts my brain. 
There's a ton of things to love about God. There's a ton of things to look at about our God and do what St. Augustine said. We stand at the brink of the chasm of unknowing. We throw up our hands and say, my Lord and God, because I don't know about you, but I can't do that. I can barely do now. He is in every single moment fully that ever existed or will exist. How amazing is that? The first step to humility is that we know who God is. And a part of that is going to be our response going, uh, I can't do that. You're amazing. Second thing, we know who we are. When I was a younger man, I would think of that statement and it would make me sad. Because I know at least some of my sin. I know some of my weaknesses. You probably know more of mine than I do. We all have those blind spots, don't we? The thing where everyone looks at us and thinks, if they would just figure that out. And we haven't figured it out yet. Why? We're not ready. It's okay. But when I thought about knowing myself, I thought about my sin. Because I'm really, really good at sin. I don't want to brag. It's a skill. But I'm more than that. In fact, in the words of St. John Paul II, he was talking in uh, Chile. And he said, young people, you are not your sin. You are not your past. You are the sum of the Heavenly Father's love. You exist because of love. You exist for love. You exist to love. You are, each of you, are precious, irreplaceable, and here on earth, on purpose. You are not random. You are not pointless. You are not a cog in a machine. You're not your paycheck. You're not your job. You are an answer to people's prayers. That's who you are. That's who I am. Each of us are an invaluable irreplaceable element of God's plan and creation. I just got to baptize two little squeakers between the eight and the ten. Yeah? Those children did not happen by accident. People prayed. People will never meet till heaven. Jesus, heal the world. Solve these problems, Lord. And the Lord says, all right, here you go. And he gives two people he trusts a child who's the answer to prayers. And that's true of those beautiful little squeakers, and it's true of you and me. That's who you are. And that's why false humility is such a dreadful thing. Oh, I'm not important. Oh, I beg to differ. Dad and I like to watch... Oh, baseball season's over, and on one level, of course, we're heartbroken, 
but the Tigers, so we're kind of excited too. Yeah, this was a hard year to watch baseball. There were a couple times where truly I felt the Holy Spirit leave Comerica Park. Uh, <laughs> but so we watch documentaries on YouTube, right? We'll pick out something that we want to learn about and we'll click it and watch. And one of the things, and I don't know how it works, it's all witchcraft, but if you like this, you'll like this. And you're like, how did they know? Well, they started bringing up, um, where's dad? Uh, is it Pawn, Pawn Stars? Yeah, a dude in Las Vegas who clearly has more money than God and people bring him their stuff and he's going to tell them all about it. And sometimes you see them bring in this thing. I would like $18 million for this, yeah? And he gets out his little finger and he, well, it's worth a nickel. I'll give you two cents, yeah? And then other times, I don't know, 10 bucks, he looks at it. This is worth a million bucks. It's the coolest thing. It's uh, called appraising, yeah? That you look at something and with knowledge, you determine its value, yeah? It's called appraising. I don't want to brag. I know that now. <laughs> Do you know St. Paul? St. Paul said, you've been appraised. It's right in the scriptures. You've been appraised. God, who knows you better than you know you, looked at you and went, all right, here's your value. All my blood, all my breath. That's your worth. And he's right. He doesn't know how to be wrong. That's your value. Not all of our value. I remember my brother Paul told me that. Anyone would die for everyone. He died for you, personally. That's who you are. And it gets better. Remember how, you know how sometimes you'll be doing something, oh, Jesus, help me. I pray that a lot. You might be praying it right during this homily. <laughs> Do you know when you pray that, he's fully present to you? Do you remember the whole thing about time? Those desperation prayers we throw up when we realize we're going to be in an accident. Those hold on prayers we quickly throw out so we don't lose our temper. Every one of those. The author of creation is fully present to you. The king steps off his throne, grabs your hand and says, I'm right here. That's who you are. You are worth his blood. You are worth all of his blood. You are worth every breath in his lungs. You're worth his time. When we're humble, we know who God is. And darn it, we know who we are. And whatever lies the voices in our head or the devil, or the world want to tell us, we rebuke them in the name of Jesus Christ. And we say, I have incalculable value. And I think, well, how will that make me humble? If you stop there, it won't. You'll become insufferable. We'll become like the Pharisee. Well, Lord, I'm a pretty, pretty flower in your garden. Yes? Not like that, jerk. You think, how does someone get to that point? Oh, really easy. They don't take the next step. Because the next step is this. 
the person that most drives you nuts, they're invaluable to God too. They are irreplaceable and precious to our God. Our God looked at that person who drives you insane. Our God looked at that person who will fight for everything you'd ever fight against and says, you're worth all my blood and all my breath and all my time. I know this is maybe low-hanging fruit, but it seems pretty practical to me, who is, of course, an excellent driver. Yeah? But again, turns out not everyone else is. And sometimes they're driving near us. And they do something that we would never do. Maybe forget a turn signal, jump in our lane. Maybe, and this is the gravest sin. It's in the catechism, driving under the speed limit in the left lane. Yeah? God will send you directly to hell for that. That person is worth all of God's blood and all of his breath. And our response to them if it's based on me, well, then I'm going to pull the pin and throw that grenade. But if it's based on who they are, then I'm going to remember their dignity. Maybe afterward, but I'll remember it. So that's how we get humble, folks. We know who God is. We know who we are. And we know that which is true about us in regards to our dignity is true about the person next to us. And that means we serve them. That means we love them. That means we do what it takes to make sure they know their value, even if they drive us insane. Maybe especially if they drive us insane. It's hard work. If it was easy, everyone would do it. But there is a desperate shortage of humble people. So we're going to flood the market with humility. Yeah? And we're going to do it by the power of the Holy Spirit because humans can't pull this off on their own. This is some super human level stuff. So Jesus, mold our hearts to be like yours. Your humble heart that became a baby, that died on the cross, and that becomes bread. Change our hearts to make them like yours. Make us humble, God. Amen? Amen. Okay.